0: What a world! Welcome to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's BloggingTheBoys.com. My name is R.J. Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, October fourteenth, two thousand and twenty-one. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and I trust that you are very very excited. Because life is good right now if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. And if you're not a Dallas Cowboys fan, I have no idea how you stumbled your way over here. But welcome. This is Blog of the Boys. Subscribe to the of the Boys podcast network. Leave a rating, write a review. Uh, by the way, we actually do have a contest going on uh, over on our Twitter account. If you have a Twitter and you want to participate, you want to win something, uh, head on over to the of the Boys Twitter account. We have a tweet that went out on Wednesday uh, with a photo of a High Step Zeke shirt that our friends at Breaking Tea made. We are giving away three of them. Three random winners of course Uh, and all you have to do to enter is reply to the tweet with a screenshot that shows that you have subscribed to the blog and the boys podcast network wherever you get your podcast whether that's apple devices spotify something else but just take a screenshot that shows proof that you have subscribed go reply to that tweet and you will be entered we will announce the winners uh in a thread on on that thread or in a tweet on that thread on uh on friday so congratulations to our winners whoever you are when you get your shirt or get your notification that you won good luck if you have not found out yet You know, kind of talking to people in different times here. That's the way uh, podcasts tend to work. And this podcast today, uh, I feel so good to be back, kind of in the normal podcast rhythm uh, with the Ocho in this spot now that we talked about last week. But um, this week, I went into it completely fresh. I'm be honest with you. I'm sitting here with the microphone, didn't have any notes uh, because. That's kind of how I feel right now. I don't feel like a blank slate or anything, but I mentioned, I, you know, you got to be feeling good if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. And that's the thing. Like, there's, we're just like in this state. You know what I mean? And I just kind of want to live in this state and, and figure out how nervous I am about it, right? Like, how excited I am about it. And I think that that's, that's where we're at as Dallas Cowboys fans. We don't know, right? You know, we want to be excited. And I, it doesn't feel to me like 2016. 2016 had this just like air of excitement. It kind of felt like we were playing with house money every week, every week, every week, you know, win, 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 win all the way through the 11 game winning streak and then the loss that, you know, everybody freaked out about and everything. And even 2018 had like a microscopic version of that. You know, I remember that season and I've mentioned this several times uh, in the year since, but the Dallas Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper on October 22nd, second. coming up on the three-year anniversary of that next Friday. And Tony Casillas and I on the 750. that was our first season doing the show together. You can hear that show here on our network on Tuesdays. Um, and we looked at their upcoming schedule. They had the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football because they were on their bye at the time. And we thought they would win that game, actually, and they lost. They, they lost rather handily, you'll recall it. Cole Beasley threw a pass at the end. It was a big old mess. Uh, But then they had a five-game stretch that looked really, really, really tough. They had to play the Atlanta Falcons, who at the time looked really good. Um, You know, shout out to Dan Quinn. They had been a playoff team the year before. They'd even won a playoff game the year before. Uh, Then they had to go to Philadelphia on Sunday Night Football, and that was the season that the Philadelphia Eagles were reigning Super Bowl champions. Then they had to play the Washington football team on Thanksgiving Day. Then they had to uh, host the New Orleans Saints, who were on fire, you know, because this this era of Saints is now kind of starting. To come to an end, but it was really at its peak. You know, Alvin Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore, everything was really moving for the Saints at that point in time. And then after that, you know, they had the little mini buy, but they hosted the Philadelphia Eagles. And Tony and I, I remember we said, Man, they're gonna lose all five of these games. They're gonna lose all five of these games. They lost to the Titans. They fell to three and five, and then they ripped off all five in a row and got all five wins to get to eight and five and effectively win the NFC East. They they lost Indianapolis the next week, and my dad and I were actually at that game. Still had a great time. Uh, and then they won it the following week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that little little run, my my point that you know, I started this with, that little five game run felt a lot like 2016. It kind of felt like you know. Nobody move. You know what I mean? Like, you ever, um, are you ever looking at something and you can kind of see it? Like, you know, those, um, those like, I don't know if they're puzzles, but those like kind of visual tricks or whatever and you have to kind of lose focus to see it you know like it's a you have to like see through the blur if that makes sense that's kind of how those times felt like you, you don't want to focus because the moment you focus your vision on those little puzzles or whatever the moment the image goes away and that's what it felt like in 2016 that's what it felt like in 2018 the moment I focus the moment the focus comes in this is all just going to poof disappear and this doesn't feel like that at all and th- th- this feels like, I'm incredibly, I'm incredibly focused. I, I messed up the word incredibly there. but And that's what what I love about the ocho. One take Jake around here. We just one take it up. You know, No editing, no nothing. You get the full authentic version here. And I don't know if you agree. I'm certainly curious if you do. I would love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter or Instagram at RGOchoa. My DMs are open, so if, if it's too long for a, a normal tweet, you can always hit me up that way. Or if email is more your speed, at nation.com Or you can always participate in, in one of our live shows on our YouTube channel as well. Um, um, to me, I feel focused. It doesn't feel that way, and and I think that that's where I'm a little nervous because those are the recent you know moments of success for the Cowboys. 2014. I know you're going to say that was a great. That was seven years ago. Think about this. I, I say this a lot. I like to look at time in a weird way. The amount of time that separates you and me right now from the 2014 season is the same amount of time that separated us during that 2014 season from the 2007 Dallas Cowboys think about that that's nuts to me like in in 2014 if you brought up the 2007 cowboys i'd be like that was like 25 years ago you know (laughs) that that feels like forever whereas like right now that 2014 team yeah it feels a little bit in the rearview mirror but it doesn't feel like forever ago the way 2007 felt in 2014 and so 2016 2018 kind of our baselines here and this season and i know look they've only won four games in a row but they've almost matched that five game winning streak and they probably will this sunday against the new england patriots and so it it is incredibly foreign to me this kind of feeling it actually does feel like 2007 almost that's maybe the closest feeling that I can identify because that year and if you've been watching the Cowboys for you know that long at least it, it felt like they were just a better team every week it felt like they're just going to crush these people they're they're going to crush teams and, and it felt like you know like nothing could go wrong you know like all these things kept going right for them I remember they had a blocked field goal against the Minnesota Vikings that was Adrian Peterson's rookie year to put all this in perspective they're was the Tony Romo snap from Andre Garad that went over his head against the the then St. Louis Rams that he picked up and and, and you know ran and, and picked up a, a a nice you know relative to where the ball was a uh, chunk of yards. There was the Marion Barber two yard gain against the Patriots. I know the Cowboys lost that game, but you know it was it was just a season where you just kind of felt like every week this team is going to win and I'm going to enjoy it. And that's what this feels like. And I'm not trying to like count chickens before they hatch. I'm not trying to feel too optimistic, but I think that the data. Support supports this and that's why I've kind of fallen into this line of thinking and, and I'm I'm here now the you know we're, we're a few days away from the Cowboys being on a break obviously their their buy is next week after the New England Patriots game and this is kind of you know I was on Cowboys cast on Monday with Bobby and I loved the discussion we had about what's the most poetic way the Cowboys could could go on and win the Super Bowl. And, and if you didn't listen to that, we dropped that show on Mondays. Bobby does such a great job. Um, but we talked about, you know, if they beat the Green Bay Packers in the wild or the divisional round, excuse me, uh, I think we said the wild card round would be the Los Angeles Rams, the, the team that, you know, they've had a little bit of history with. So the Cowboys would beat the Rams, kind of take care of Sean McVay, beat the Packers in the divisional round, the same round where they've met up with them. Uh, it'd be great to kind of vanquish them, then play the Buccaneers in the NFC title game in Tampa. Dak told Tom Brady, "You know, we'll see you again. Take care of them, and then go. You know, into the play- or into the playoffs, into the Super Bowl, and beat the Buffalo Bills. Right? That would kind of, if if you're asking me, like the sweetest way you can you can draw this line, that might be it. And you know, having you know, if if we're pulling the beginning of the line all the way back here to to mid October. I think beating the Patriots is one of those things, you know, and that's kind of why I feel this emotion this particular week, and I know that the Patriots aren't who they've been, I know that obviously Tom Brady's not there, uh, by the way, Tom Brady plays tonight, we're all rooting for the Bucs, I don't care if you're this cocky in the Cowboys, we want the Bucs to win, um, but it's still Bill Belichick, it's still the Patriots, and it's still, you know, the Cowboys have not beaten this team, I talk about the distance of time and measurement and whatever, the Cowboys have not beaten this team since 1996, all right, they've never beaten the Bill Belichick-led Patriots, and this isn't them, you now this this is this is, you know, Darth Vader if he didn't have a lightsaber and didn't have the Force. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a different thing. And so, but it, it would, I think, be a big boost of confidence, right? Like it would feel like this checking of the box, right? Like we have to do this. We haven't done this in a long time. So, however hollow it might feel, and something I equated it to earlier in the week was, it was kind of like in 2016 when the Cowboys beat the Ravens. Now, I, you know, I don't know how long you've been watching Cowboys football, but that was literally the first time that the Dallas Cowboys ever defeated the Baltimore Ravens. Was in 2000. 2016. Ravens have been responsible for some some heartbreaking losses for the Cowboys, including the final game at Texas Stadium. And so that's why I feel this way to kind of you know get you to, to where I how I got here. but I, I mentioned the data and something I write every week uh, with the help of Aiden Davis, who does such a great job for us at blogging the boys, analyzing things and, and creating graphics that are such a great visual representation of different ideas. Every week, Aiden and I look at the Cowboys' remaining schedule from an EPA basis, and I talked about this last week, and if you don't know what that means... Basically, we're looking at how many points the Cowboys should ultimately be able to generate on a per play basis. And that's a really microscopic way to look at it. I realize that. And how many points they should be able to generate on a per play basis on defense as well. You obviously want to generate negative points on defense because, you know, if you're doing that, that means you're hurting the opposing offense, which is the goal of defense. Now, um, if you are not on blogontheboys.com right this second, whenever you get a moment, you might be driving or at the gym or whatever on the treadmill, something like that. Whenever you get a chance, please do go read this article. And more than anything, please look at this graph. And if you're looking at this graph, which is a, a, a tool, it would be, it'd be nice if you were looking at it while you were listening to this, if I'm being honest with you. But if you're looking at this graph, the Cowboys from an offensive standpoint, and this was true last week. So let's actually, let me, let me back up. Entering last week, it became Incredibly obvious that the Dallas Cowboys offense was going to have an advantage from an EPA perspective in every single game this season, every single one, every single game, the Dallas Cowboys offense is to, to kind of water this jargon down is favored against the defense that they will be going up against that is an incredible thing and that alone I think is enough to believe in this team but that alone is kind of where we've been before as Cowboys fans right like we've been this team that's had this great offense in 2018 and 2016 even 2014 you know and, and we've just kind of said man if the defense can hold on if the defense can get after a one-legged Aaron Rodgers you know at Lambeau Field in the 2014 divisional round with, with this calf issue you know how can they not do that right and that's where where things are different here but Before we get to defense, on the offensive side of things, the Cowboys' offense will have an advantage, again, in every single game. There's not a defense that they're going to face that is going to remotely challenge them, which is nuts. I mean, you know, the Giants were were one of the most advantageous situations the Cowboys were were entering, you know, when it comes to EPA per play at the time of playing them, and they obviously put up a lot of points on them. The Patriots are a little bit better than the Giants in, in this sense, but still, the Cowboys have a massive advantage. The Cowboys, the the when they play the Chiefs, like, I know there's a lot of people and probably, like, network, you know, stuff that's looking forward to the Cowboys-Chiefs game. It's going to be awesome, I mean, to be fair, but the Chiefs have the top offense in the NFL in terms of DVOA, football outsiders DVOA. They have the worst defense in the NFL when it comes to defensive DVOA, which is why that is just an enormous advantage for the Cowboys in, in this game, because the Chiefs can score with anybody, but, you know, the Cowboys defense is going to show up and make a difference, and so I know I'm all over the place here, but there's reason to believe is what I'm saying. There's reason to start having these like fantasies of like, okay, let's check off the box. Let's get there. And the reason isn't the offense. I mean, look, I love offense. I love seeing all the touchdowns. It's awesome. 40 burgers and all that jazz. But the reason is the defense. You know, we, we've said this for years, and I, I've said points like this already, but we have said, the sentence we have said a thousand times, whether you were talking to your friend or your family member or somebody at the Cowboys pro shop, you know, or somebody on Twitter or whatever, we have all said some version of this man if the cowboys defense could just be average right we've we've all said that we've all said like that exact idea this offense is so good can you imagine if this defense is just average you know if this defense is just just the middle of the road like don't even be don't even be middle be like the 18th best defense right like if oh if the cowboys had that defense you know obviously if you had the best defense in the NFL you know you got a lot of chance for success that's what look at the buffalo bills i mean right now that defense that offense is still great i'm still a believer but that defense it's what's carrying that team and i think the cowboys are kind of right now the mirror image of the bills Where their offense is is clearly the more elite thing and the defense has been playing well, kind of like the Bills' offense, you know, but it's still gettable, right? Like we've seen some big plays against the Cowboys defense. But the point here is the Cowboys defense has an advantage from an EPA perspective in a majority of the remaining games. In a majority. Think about that. Like that, that is difficult to fathom. It, it, because, I mean, look, the Cowboys defense, here are the games the Cowboys should have an advantage in from measuring their defense in terms of EPA per play allowed versus the EPA per play of the opposing offense. Cowboys defense should have the the edge, so to speak, again, to water it down against the New England Patriots against the Minnesota Vikings. Those are the next two games of the season for the Cowboys. Currently, the Denver Broncos' offensive EPA per play is a little little bit more impressive. I think that's still inflated. It's clearly still inflated by the first three games of the season. Denver's lost two games in a row. It's very possible that Denver dips below the threshold that we're kind of looking at things from and that they also are a game that the Cowboys have an advantage on or an advantage in defensively. Cowboys also have an advantage against the Atlanta Falcons. That's three out of their next four games. Obviously, the Cowboys won't have an advantage defensively against the Kansas City Chiefs but the next week against the Las Vegas Raiders they will and they will barely currently not have an advantage against the New Orleans Saints but again like the Broncos we could see you know their current EPA per play offensively dip just because they've kind of I know they had a great game last week relatively speaking against Washington but New Orleans has a weird team is my point to finish the season Cowboys will have an advantage against the offenses of Washington, not against New York, but that's just a slight little push if you're looking at the graphic. They play Washington twice in three weeks, obviously. Arizona is going to be a tough matchup, there's no doubt about that, and then against Philadelphia as well. So, I mean, they have the only games that are remaining, keep in mind, there are now 12 currently games remaining for the Dallas Cowboys. The only offenses that figure to be a threat or challenging to them defensively are the Denver Broncos who, like we said, maybe will regress. The Chiefs, which are not going to regress, right? Like, that's that's obvious. The New Orleans Saints, which very well could regress. The New York Giants, which could regress a little bit. And the Arizona Cardinals. That's it. Those are the only ones. Like, those are the only... I know I've, I've watered it down in several ways. Those are the only, like, hard games remaining for the Cowboys' defense, so to speak. And even if you... The, the most difficult ones, like the... When we're talking hard, the... Broncos, Saints, and Giants games are like barely hard, like they barely meet the definition to count them as hard in this particular capacity. But the Chiefs and Cardinals games are going to be very difficult. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's so important, like that. That's where the the wheels of optimism continue to turn. Because if you told me the Cowboys had to lose those two games, if you told me that right now, I wouldn't be upset at all. And now you're thinking like, RJ you're crazy. I want to win that game. I got a, a cousin who's a Chiefs fan. You know, whatever. I got a coworker who's a Cardinals fan. I want to be able to talk that crap. I want you to be able to talk that crap too. But think about this. The Chiefs game, if the Cowboys have to lose a game any time ever, lose to an AFC team. That's who I want you to lose to. Lose to an AFC team. So I know it would be fun if the Cowboys beat the Chiefs, and, and we'd have a lot of fun with it on Twitter and social media, and we talk a lot of crap. Um, and it's the week before Thanksgiving, so you know it would make seeing your family a little bit more enjoyable. But if they have to lose a game, that's a good one to lose, right? And then what's more, the Cardinals game, if they lose that game, and you know, it, this depends on how optimistic you are about the Cowboys, certainly, but... That's week 17 and the new week 17, which is the penultimate week of the regular season, not the final week. It is very possible. I think some would even argue enormously likely that that game will hold very little significance for the Cowboys in terms of certainly their position as the leader of the NFC East potentially as the, you know, in, in terms of overall seeding. Now, maybe you believe that, you know, Arizona is going to be in the mix if they win the NFC West, obviously. And, and right now it certainly looks like a two-team race between them and the Los Angeles Rams. But maybe that's the difference, right? Like maybe that game defines who's the, who's the one seed or the two seed, who's the two seed and the three seed. And, and if it is one and two, you know, that's there's a lot of consequence there, obviously, because, you know, somebody's going to get that first round by. There's only one of those, et cetera. But my whole point here, and and please do go read the article, is that you are likely, like me, starting to feel very confident. And I want you to know that it is fair. It's it's not flash in the pan. It's not silly. And some of it, does have to do with the fact that there's you know a not so intimidating schedule awaiting the Cowboys over the rest of the season but that's their schedule that's not changing like you know like none of the factors are changing and we're deep enough into the season at this time where where this data that we're talking about EPA per play and, and other things DVOA they're a, a lot more sound and substantial because these are who these teams are going to be or this is who these teams are going to be right we're five weeks and we have more than enough of a sample size to draw legitimate conclusions and data points and so on and so so forth so this was a good discussion. I, I had a lot of fun kind of just fleshing this idea out with you. I hope you did too. Like I said, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at rjochoa. Email me rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. Later on today, you got a new episode of Riled Up with Tom Ryle and Roy White. Tomorrow, you get the daily, obviously, Dallas Cowboys roundup. Uh, Tony Catalina will be here tomorrow. Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray. On Saturday, you get Cowboys Oil with Mauricio Rodriguez. And then on Sunday, the Jersey Boys get things started. And you'll hear from me after the Cowboys get to 5-1 by beating the Patriots on our live post-game show that you can watch on our YouTube channel. Of course, do me a favor. Do me me a favor. Do me an absolutely huge favor. Do me a massive favor. Have the best Thursday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you mañana, my friends. Thank you, Bear. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.